Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Counterculture Catch-Up, where we recap our weekly discussion. Our goal is to motivate the church to influence the culture around us with the kingdom of God by applying a biblical worldview to every single topic. To my left is our compulsory pastor, mm. Jamie. <clears throat> Jamie, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. Yeah. I just have, feel like I have a need to do something. <laughs> you have to be all right. I have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel that, that compulsion. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. And uh, yeah, I'd like to uh, actually, I forget to do this in the beginning usually, but I uh, um, want to uh, thank the uh, people who are leaving the comments, especially Catherine out there. Thank you, Catherine. Um, we really do appreciate the comments and love the fact that you brought up uh, a subject that yeah. you'd like to have us deal with. And mm -hmm. we will definitely uh, put something together for that, for mm -hmm. counterculture. So we look forward to that. Yeah. So thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, and please uh, leave a comment yeah. after this video. We will have the video that we watched today, which is the second part of how should we then live by francis schaefer last week we did the roman age which was part one today we were on the medieval church uh the midi the middle ages yeah. um and so we'll have the video and the pdf for the study guide uh underneath this oh, that's great this video i know we had yeah. the pdf mm -hmm. oh, yep man. yep so that you are all set to go through it with us oh that's great so, yeah yeah it's such a, a well done i mean mm -hmm. for for the time you know it's a, it's it was done in the 70s yeah you know so you know it's the the quality of video and stuff it's it's not fantastic compared to what we have now well people like star wars yeah you know that was back then <laughs> that's true so but the material is so good you know if we can really really dig yeah. into it and pay attention to what he's saying it's so um it's so important we were talking about this tonight uh how important it is to understand history you know mm -hmm. and and you know, for, I mean, for a lot of us, uh, for me, especially when I was in school, history was like, didn't, didn't yeah. have any, any value to me. Yeah. But as I, I've gotten older, you know, I start to see, wow, this, this actually is, it's great to look back and to understand what was going on in the cultures and uh, in civilizations, you know, the, what was, you know, what the church was up to yeah. and, and all that, that stuff helps us to kind of get a, a glimpse of what to look for now you know kind of we we talked about this what was it, a couple of weeks ago I think it was with with Halloween and we talked about it with the also with the um, progressive Christianity mm -hmm. how like the devil shows his hand mm -hmm. and he shows us what his game plan is mm -hmm. and we can see it throughout history yeah. if you pay attention yep. you can see what his that kind of um, world system that is established out there that that really challenges the the world system uh, or the uh, yeah the the system that God has laid out mm -hmm. you know so so if we really pay attention we can see how that's affected mm -hmm. and how it's uh, has crept into the church mm -hmm. and has kind of 
taken taken hold, maybe a stronghold, has set up a yeah. stronghold in 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 the church. But there's always that, you know. Um, there's always a remnant. You know, we yep. get to that too. You yep. know, with Wycliffe and and our uh, Wycliffe and and Hus, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's just you know like it's great to see that because it's like oh mm-hmm. now we know what to look for. You know, yeah. so I thought that was a really really cool thing. Yeah. You know, to, to, and 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 Francis Schaefer does such a great job of laying it out. Yeah. You know, so so we really encourage you to take the time to watch the video. And then definitely, you know, look at the study guide. There's some good questions on mm-hmm. it. We'll touch on them, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if we can understand what he's <laughs> trying to say, yeah. So, but in the study guide, and um, there's some other further study too, which is great because mm-hmm. if you are a student of history or you mm-hmm. want to learn more, you know, look at the study guide at the bottom on the second page for this this uh, episode. And uh, there's books there and, mm-hmm. and that you can get a hold of. It's really, really great stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's so cool how he can take a section of history that's like a thousand years and he can condense it down and understanding not just what happened, but really why it happened. Sure. And I think that's really the point of this whole series is so that um, we see the differences between what he calls the particulars versus the universals. So the particulars being the things that we that we see all around us, um, you know, individual things. But the universals are really like the worldview and the foundation that gives rise to uh, all of the particulars. So, for instance, the the church when people would go to church, like the building of the church, that's kind of a particular thing, because you see the um, the way that the Gothics made their churches incredible architecture, um, you know, in the 1500s and so. Um, the 11, 1100s to the 1200s I'm seeing here. There you go. Um, and you see the intricacy of the architect, but it's also very, like, spiny, you know, like, just the way that they're um, – and they have the – not not demons, but, like, those, I guess, like, the angel gargoyle or – Gargoyle, yeah. Um, and it's, like, the things that gave rise to that was a tradition, really, that started and kind of crept its way into the church starting from, like, the three or four hundreds – and then over time, because the um, material or more founda- foundation in reality truth of what actually happened when Jesus was alive right. and stuff like that, real human beings, you know, flesh and blood, um, resurrection from the dead. And then over time, that gave way to a more mystical, um, emotional um, kind of tapping into the... Um, the, more of an esoteric yeah uh, like that we can't really understand sure. god and so that's when <clears throat> going to church became this experience um and, and with really high castle walls you know and you feel really small you know um but then when you see in the first century and i think it was really pretty sweet actually the way that they showed kind of how uh the early church would have been celebrating um christ or having church really um which is very uh, laid back, organic, uh, almost like a home church, Um, breaking bread together, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, just like it says in the book of Acts. Um, You know, that really should be what our model is of how we have uh, church too. Um, You know, we can do it in a building, obviously, but um, it's, uh, I just think it's very interesting the way that Schaefer can kind of pick apart the different pieces of why churches look a certain way in a certain period of time, and then why ours today doesn't look like that. Um, 
and then those in the first century didn't look like that too. So, uh, well, we, like he he points out that that interpersonal relationship, smaller group kind of thing, yeah. which which would really kind of yeah, it would become more of an intimate atmosphere where you're just worshiping the Lord together, you're singing praise to Him, you're encouraging one another, you're breaking bread together, and then you're reading the apostles' mm -hmm. letters. You know, you're just going through it and and seeing what what you're being told mm -hmm. it's so cool and then all, i love how he brings in the art the architecture mm -hmm. to kind of give an indication of what the culture was that. going through yeah and how the real early church in the the catacombs you know and when that's mm -hmm. where they were worshiping underground mm -hmm. you know see you see these paintings on the wall of this very real kind of basic person just worshiping God. Yep. And then over time, it, that turned into, like you were addressing, turned into more of a symbolic kind mm -hmm. of thing. And even the music went that yep. route. You know, the it was Gregorian very simple. Chants. And then it went into this Gregorian mm -hmm. chant, which made it not personal anymore. Yeah. You, it, was, it was more about, like you were, that, that kind of mystical relationship with the, the spirit out there rather mm -hmm. than this this relationship that we have this real intimate relationship with the father mm -hmm. i mean it was know? still about it's about, still about god. god yeah right it, but it, but it, but you you it becomes more symbolic mm -hmm. than relationship wise mm -hmm. you know definitely and unfortunately yeah. it, it's like it, it 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 it's it's funny how it kind of wants to go back because when you think of the the when you think of israel mm -hmm. and the relationship it was very much you know, we do these things. Mm -hmm. It's symbolic, you know, mm -hmm. and then Christ comes. Now it's like, no, no, you know, this is your father in heaven. This is a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you, you become adopted as children, you know, you become part of the family. Well, the symbols you know? now have their fulfillment yeah. in their purpose. Right. All of that Christ. is fulfilled in Christ. Right. Exactly. And then, so now we have this open door to the throne room. Mm -hmm. We can enter in. We're part of his kingdom. We belong to him. We're kings and priests. We, we have his Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then it goes, and, and then <laughs> creeping wants to back, creep back yeah. to this symbolic kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's, the, uh, but like I said, I mean, the, the, those kind of things are always, it's always out there, mm -hmm. you know, challenging the church, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and it's so important for us um, to, to be in the word, to really understand what it says, to, uh, to be in good fellowship, mm -hmm. you know, with like-minded brothers and sisters who understand that relationship with, with God. And understand that it's it's more than just a uh, a message of salvation kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, yeah. and he addressed that too, yep. which I thought was fantastic. He yeah. kind of ended with that. Yeah, I that think was that great. was the takeaway. That was I don't. A key takeaway, yeah. Um, yeah. You can give it away. Yeah, okay. I'll give it away because <laughs> um, I'll forget later. So, <laughs> but uh, but the key takeaway really was that the. Um, that rather than just this, this, the church presenting and the church can't just present the idea of uh, Jesus is is salvation. Jesus is the way to salvation. Um, you need to accept Jesus. You know that's a message. We you know the gospel is the gospel. It's mm -hmm. true. It's the power of God. But 
we have to understand it the way the early church understood it which you addressed mm -hmm. that this is absolute truth mm -hmm. right because the battle is really absolute truth versus relativism yeah you know and you won't by just saying to someone hey listen you you need to accept jesus you get a lot of people who say yeah that's cool i'll yep. accept jesus yeah and it's that syncretism really yeah. you know it becomes that and where jesus isn't absolute truth mm -hmm. he's part of truth part of it yeah it, it doesn't change their life right it's just they add that in to it to <clears throat> right. it you know um so if jesus does not change every aspect of your life then are you really coming to jesus and if he is absolute truth um and i really like how he he kind of bent over backwards to say i'm not saying that we can't say that jesus is your savior you know kind of a thing that obviously is extremely important but when you take that out of the realm of this actually happened, right. um, then it can become this thing in the sky, you know, loves you and wants a relationship with you. But without any of the, the real flesh and bone time and space history of like this actually happened. And that is really what what um, Schaefer is getting at, that the early church celebrated and why the Bible was so important to them, because just like it says in the Bible, that this is something that we've. Um, we've touched, uh, we've seen him, right. um, you know, um, we saw him when he was alive, then we saw him die and we saw him rise. You know, this, this thing really happened in history. And so then when they're celebrating that in the early church, that is the foundation for why they were celebrating that. Move on into history, that takes a backseat. Right. Scripture takes a backseat, which is really the biggest <clears throat> issue. Um, and he gets into Thomas Aquinas. Well, scripture the... takes a backseat because of that, right? I think mm -hmm. because now it's like, well, it, it's not that it's um, what really happened. Right. It becomes again more of that symbolic kind right. of thing. And then when it's like that, then it's like, well, scripture, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have the same weight, mm -hmm. you know. But go ahead, yeah, you know, Thomas no, Aquinas, yeah, which is fantastic yeah. to understand Thomas Aquinas, yeah, because and his influence, yeah, what he was um, getting at, he really brought in a lot of. Aristotelian um, philosophy, which, you know, Aristotle was before Christ, but his teachings really took center stage when Aquinas was writing in the Middle Ages. So we were talking, um, let me actually see when uh, Aquinas, 1225 to 1274. Um, and at this time period, the teachings of Aristotle became more in the, in vogue. And, um, more popular and so then when you have uh, Aquinas teaching that you can see how his philosophy would creep into his understanding of scripture and that we don't really need scripture to formulate all of our theology from really but that we could get help from an outside source and I think that's where um, the church as, as a whole in the middle ages really took a downturn um, getting into the the Dark Ages, that's sometimes called, um, in really after Aquinas, that whole period, because the Bible was not the only source of truth. It was um, added, being added to from outside sources like philosophy and sure. like Aristotle, who, I mean, um, Aquinas, who was, was speaking of the um, human nature being fallen, because he believed in the sin nature, Aquinas did, but he did not believe that the intellect 
was fallen. And we talked a little about in the class about yeah. like what's the difference between yeah. well the will between and, that and yeah. yeah. So like our will could make um, a right choice or a wrong choice because we have that ability, but that the intellect was not fallen. So I don't know like exactly what Aquinas meant by or, that or how that how can that. you have it separated you know like when we're un, when we say we're under the sin nature you know and everybody's under born into the curse of of sin um that affects body and mind and um it seems like aquinas didn't see it that way and so then you can see how that would affect his reading of scripture and then how tradition uh, ever since then would have lost the um the full weight of what scripture means by the human nature, the sin sure. nature. Well, it's almost like, um, it's similar anyway. And I don't know a ton about Aquinas. I, I know yeah. a little bit, but it, but it, with that, with how I understand what Francis Schaeffer was saying, it's almost, it's similar to the Gnostic kind of idea, which is the flesh is evil, okay. yeah. but the, the spirit, everything about spirit is that's okay. That's yeah. good. But all flesh is evil, everything flesh, you know, and it's like that's, that's and we don't not mean true sin, either. Sinful flesh, but we right? Mean, just anything, yeah. And uh, anything so just our body, or, anything yeah. material. So, which is, which is wrong, right? You know, God made all, all of it, yeah. and even though it is sinful, but in the same way that the spirit, a spiritual things can be sinful too. Yeah. You know, so everything is affected by sin, um, but still, God has the redemption for the flesh as yeah. well as for the spirit. Yeah, amen. You know. So Amen. Yeah, it was just an interesting point, but I think we just need to learn a little bit more of what Aquinas meant by. Sure. You know, well, one of the difference. things that we, we do know really is that he, he definitely kind of brought in the, um, the philosophy of Aristotle mm-hmm. and equated kind of the intellect, that philosophy with mm-hmm. the word of God. Right. And so, and what happened after that is, the word of God lost its ability to to be the foundation, right. and so it was kind of that mixing of the world's philosophy with the Scripture. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, what do you have if you, if the word of God isn't the word of God, the un, inerrant word of God? Right. Yeah. You know, then you you know then you get situations that we see today. You know, and and I, w- I want to preface it with this um, that philosophy in itself. There, there are some good things mm-hmm. that people bring out in, in, uh, with philosophy, with psychology, with those kind of things. There are some really good points, but we have to be very careful to take those points and to weigh them against Scripture, mm-hmm. not to incorporate them right. into Scripture yeah. and doing an eisegetical kind exactly. of like thing. Yeah. So, so it's super important to understand that, you know, because a lot of times I, I remember years and years ago when... Um, Star ninety nine one was actually yeah. a Christian station, <laughs> and they they played uh, they they had like great pastors, great teaching throughout the day. And I remember in the middle of the day, probably around one o'clock in the afternoon, it was um, I, I'm not going to remember the name of the doctors, but it was like it was like a group of like um, psychiatrists and psycho psychologists. They were Christian, and I remember sitting there going. Oh, this is a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're, you know, they're, they're obviously, they don't know Christ well because they're, you know, they're using the worldly means to do this. And I'm, now I look at that and go, how like, 
how um, naive right. and how unlearned was I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to, to sit and, and be like judging them, you know, for that when all they're presenting is, well, you know, the scripture mm-hmm. and hey, here's some things that we learned through our study that yeah. this helps people you know, right. talk through your problems, right. you know, right. get rid of, you know, <laughs> like how to deal with anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's, it was just crazy. But, uh, but I, I remember doing that and we have to be careful not to do that, you know, be yeah. able to, to take it, to weigh it against scripture. Hey man, this, this work Oh, great. You know, this, yeah. this makes sense. This fits and that's okay to do, but not to, not to bring it together, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and have it have the same weight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's really the problem. Yeah. And that's something that I brought up at um, the end of the class because we talked about how if people have different interpretations of God's word, like what do you do at that point? Which, you know, I do want to be fair to the medieval church. Sure. You know, a lot of people are really hard on them and sometimes for good reason because, you know, they chained the Bible away from the common man and stuff like that. And that is true. But the reason that they did that is because of the fear that if everybody had the Bible, then they would have different interpretations sure. and kind of nobody would have the, like the one way of like, this is how we're, we're doing things, you know? Um, and that's when the Reformation came in, changed all of that and was like, kind of, I don't really care about what the consequences are. This has, like, this has you need happen. the word of yeah. God in the hands of uh, everyday people, yeah. which obviously we're very glad that that did happen. But um, one of the reasons I think that the Reformation was right in saying that is because I do think that the Bible um, can be understood to have one main interpretation, especially doctrinally, yeah. of whatever the, especially the important talk doctrines of the faith. Are. And then, um, and even um, Lucy was talking to us after about some things that we can agree to disagree on. And even in scripture, uh, we've talked about this the past couple weeks about new moons, Sabbaths, sure. uh, like Paul says, um, which sometimes we don't always understand even what Paul says, you know, uh, because of the angels, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes, I found a time to use it. Perfect. I was like, yeah, we have to use these yeah. buttons. But um, we're a little crazy with the buttons. Yeah, yeah. Now we have two, so we're now, going. Yeah, now we're. I'm now like we're so really... trigger happy. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's. I love the way the scripture talks about itself in that way because I think it's Peter who says, you know, Paul, some things he says are hard to understand, you know, but then in another place in scripture, um, I believe it's in Luke in the first chapter, it's like, I made sure that I'm writing an orderly account so that everybody knows exactly what happened um, with the gospel. And so um, that's why when we say scripture interprets scripture, that's what we mean by that. You take the clear passages um, for being clear and then these other passages that maybe we don't even have the full context of, like because of the angels right. in First Corinthians, where maybe we don't know exactly what was going on there, so you don't make a doctrine right. based off of that. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from even what this church in the Middle Ages was doing. They had a reverence for God. You know, they had um, the holiness of God that it was... Uh, we should not just be willy-nilly in how we approach God. And I think we can get too much like that um, oh, yeah. sometimes, um, even with things like communion, uh, you know, the, the Eucharist, which the early church uh, celebrated. 
but they took it very seriously. And I think sometimes now we don't take it some of them as seriously. You know, where Paul was talking to them about like you guys meet, this isn't a time for you. If you're hungry, go eat somewhere else. Right. You know, this is this the Lord's Supper. Yeah. You know, but I'm talking about in the like a a couple hundred years after that. Oh, gotcha. In um, like in the video, early church. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, because they this was the remembrance of what Jesus did for them. So, um. I'm sure some people then didn't didn't take it seriously, um, but for the majority of the the early church, like it was the Eucharist was so important communion. Um, but then that got taken way too far yeah. in the tradition, also, uh, which interesting. Transubstantiation. Which interestingly enough, um, the doctrine of transubstantiation is kind of based off of right around the time period of Aquinas. And Aristotle's influence because of that distinction between oh, yeah. the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. And so you can see how these traditions could have come about. And uh, John Wycliffe, who came like 100 years after Aquinas, after transubstantiation, which is the doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church that the bread um, literally becomes the body and blood of Jesus. Um, and Wycliffe was one of the first people um, to be after that doctrine was fully established because you got to understand this takes hundreds and hundreds oh, of yeah. years to trickle in forth um, w- you know what did Jesus mean by this is my body when he when he says that how do we understand that and the early church didn't really nail it down they were just this is what Jesus said and we do this in remembrance of him and that was it but then when you get to the year, hundreds of years after hundreds of years it builds on itself and then um but I was saying about Wycliffe, he was the first one to be like, I'm pretty sure this is going away from the whole point of it and that this is not what the early church actually believed by it. And he would be correct on that um, because they went a step further than anybody in the early church did um, to say that it is transubstantiated or changing substance um, because they didn't even have those categories of the substance of the bread literally changing into that is an Aris, from Aristotle, Aristotle which the early church would not even have been using those categories. Right. So then they're importing that back into the the text then there, and uh, so that's one reason that you know we don't do that today. Yeah. So well, it's like it's like Occam's razor almost. You know, it's like it was probably pretty simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they just yeah. broke some bread. They remembered the Lord, you know, this was broken for him, for us, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, this is important. We need to take this seriously. And mm-hmm. That's but, the reality of it. Yeah. You know? But again, I mean, I tend to take a, um, I guess, trusting view or benefit of the doubt. Sure. In, especially in history, because <laughs> I don't have all of the um, motives of, <laughs> of people and what they were doing. So I think there was, for the most part, good motives behind it, but that doesn't mean that everything they did was sure was right still sure. well so. well where where motives you know i i think the motives could be good right uh, i think there's that uh that's a, a saying that's um the road to hell is paved with good intentions <laughs> not scriptural <laughs> not scriptural i didn't write it. i didn't write that no <laughs> neither did paul or <laughs> no. know, any of those guys anybody important but there is a, a certain reality to that, you know, so in that the the motives, although they're good, if it if it it's outside of the, the purview of Scripture, right. 
then we have to just be careful yeah. with that. It's I think that's really really is like the the main theme for this this uh, lesson. I mm-hmm. think is is to get back to, and I think he he pretty much ended it with that. Yep. That the church must come back to that place where, like you addressed it right in the beginning, that this is a real thing that took place. Mm-hmm. This is this is truth. And we have to get back to that. The word of God is true. What Christ did on the cross, he was raised from the dead. You know, what, what, uh, what we have in him, this, this is true. Yeah. And get back to all that. What do we test everything with, with the scripture? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and everything that's like the basics. Everything uh, that comes after <clears throat> that the early church said hundreds of years and then going into Augustine and all these totally fine stuff great stuff but like once you get into well they believed that and he believed that and he believed that going and so then you can get so far away from the original um scripture you know and the whole point of it sure that at some point you have to be like i'm pretty sure we're we're going off the rails here you know and that's of course what the the reformation was about and i do think um there was almost certainly people with bad motives in there too, oh, sure. you know, yeah. and lust for power sure. and politics playing a huge role in that. Um, especially when Christianity became the religion, you know, we brought that up right. after Constantine, whatever the story is, he won the battle right, right, right with right. his yeah. a cross on his chest or something. And so then he converted to Christianity, made Christianity the main religion in the Roman empire, really all of Europe. Right. right? And then um, at that point it was like complete takeover of Christianity taking over the whole world, really. But you see the the problems with that because um, human beings, really, there's always that that lust for power, and um, uh, and then when somebody was born, they would be baptized into the church right away. And so it's like you're a Christian whether you want to be right, or not, you right. know. And then you can see where the problems would come, you know, with that. And there was a ton of problems that then crept into the church from there. And um, really stayed for a thousand, you know, years or so. Sure. You know. Yeah, I w- I wanted to touch on that a bit, where because because he talked quite a bit about how the how the church would, um, <clears throat> how they the the church kind of c- kind of came together with the government. Yep. You know, and where the the church was now really setting up the authority of the state, and uh, and for. I think for for me anyway, I, I don't want to speak for Joel, but for me, uh, it's like I could. I feel like like theocracy isn't the answer. I don't think. I don't think setting up a, a the church run government kind of thing is there mm-hmm. is the thing to do, but but there is an aspect. Good band though. Oh, theocracy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, go, go check them out. <laughs> but the uh, but there is an aspect to what the kingdom of God is supposed to be and that is we are supposed to to go out and and start to to be the light and the salt that we're supposed to be mm-hmm. be lo- the leaven you know that leavens the whole lump to to get out and to to change the culture around us you know salt changes what it touches yep. you know and uh, and a city set on a hill can't be hid darkness doesn't affect light at all but we, if the light affects the darkness. Right. And so, and I think right now, culturally, this is like, I'm, I mean, we just had our election, right? We right. just had the midterms. So I could talk about that a bit. 
um, not to get off the subject, really. I, I guess not off the subject. It's kind of mm-hmm. but uh, depends what your final points are. <laughs> we'll see. I like to preface what I say with some sort of disclaimer before I say anything. It's just a bad habit. I'll try and get over it. No, I but, I appreciate it. But the, when you ask me, okay, but never mind. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i have to self-control okay good that's good that's a first see i'm trying to not derail you so oh, that's why well, i didn't yeah. say that and then um but anyway so the um so we just had the these midterm elections and you know things didn't go really how people expected them to go and for me you know i would like to have seen the republicans take a lot more of the House and take the Senate mm-hmm. just to stop the uh, be able to, to at stop least hold back the, the administration from passing any laws like trying to get, you know, bring back Roe v. Wade and make it an actual law. Right. You know, those kind of things, you know. So but I'm not discouraged by this. I just feel me personally, I feel that the the this this time is a is a good time for the church i feel like we have an opportunity to to stand up and be the light be the truth that Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be be the 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 church is is uh is like a buttress of truth we are we have truth that's who we are we're like the we're like the um that's our world you know is the truth of god and so if we can if we can understand that and stand up and say, okay, well, what's my role then? Mm-hmm. You know, things are really dark right now. Well, then I'm going to shine a little bit brighter, mm-hmm. you know, and the darker it is, the the brighter your light shines yeah. kind of thing. So, so I'm looking forward to that, but I would like to see the church become more focused on, on building character and building the, the character of God into a, into us individually, into our families, mm-hmm. into the the culture around us, you know, sharing the gospel, but not just sharing the gospel, discipling, making mm-hmm. disciples, so that now, not to make a Christian nation necessarily, yeah, but to to build the character of Christ into the foundation of the culture around mm-hmm. us, because not everybody's going to accept Christ, not everybody's going to be His. But if we can build those things into the culture now, this is what I think anyway, that now like people, people dig truth. They do, (laughs) you know, people understand the, the value of, of the, the principles of, of, uh, Christ. Mm -hmm. They, they understand the, the value of that stuff. Who doesn't want more honesty? Who doesn't want transparency? Who doesn't want, uh, kindness? Who doesn't want these things? Like, Everybody really wants these things. And so if we can show that this is what Christianity is about, that's what that stuff is about, mm-hmm. and build those things into the, the framework around mm-hmm. us, into the culture, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see great things. Like yeah. I'm excited. I feel like the church tends to throughout history this ebb and flow. Yeah. And I, I just feel like this is a flow time for yeah. us. You know, and, and so I would encourage you, you know, don't be discouraged, mm-hmm. you know, look at this and say, all right, cool, let's, let's shine. Let's, yeah. let's uh, be who we're supposed to be mm-hmm. 
and make disciples, not converts. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's build along with making converts. Well, you need a convert before a disciple. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but the uh, but don't stop there. Yeah. That convert. You know. Yeah, and there's always going to be the selfishness of humans of too. Sure. You know, um, it's always there. But I think if you have um, God's truth, that um, if the medieval church was a church that was filled with people with changed hearts, I think you would have seen an incredible world, an incredible Europe. But the problem is when you have just on the surface level Christianity and you don't have people with actually changed hearts for Christ, then it becomes um, just um, nominalism, where in name only that you're a Christian. And I think you see that even in the Republican Party too. I think that's why they didn't do as well, because you have people who, um, who are running for office who they don't really have conviction of what they believe and about the truth. And I think people do see that, you know, um, if anything, um, people on the left, they have conviction about what they talk about, even though it's completely wrong. But that says, I think so much when you believe what you're actually saying. And of course, not everybody, some people, they just lying through their teeth. Um, but, uh, I think that's what is going to change. Like you're saying to affect the change in America, um, is obviously the gospel. And then people who are true believers who really have, they have a desire to see the ways of Christ being manifested in the world. Now you have something with the foundation enough, like we always talk about, um, to actually be able to change this world and turn it upside down for Christ. Well, that's the thing. The church has been that, you know, you watch through the, like this, the first episode that we watched through the Roman age, the church was consistent. The true church came through that. Right. You know, yep. and it, it came through without uh, w- while being the enemy of the state. Right. And then it becomes not ju- not the enemy of the state. Now it's the state, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I, all I, through history, mm-hmm. the that true church, that, that church running. that goes back to this is real. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is this is absolute yep. truth. That's the church that sustains Mm -hmm. throughout so we're talking about the the invisible true church Mm -hmm. not the you know politically established church or you know even if um like the building kind of a thing you know we're talking about true believers that um that church is unstoppable yeah you know absolutely so that's what we got to take a hold of and and, and partner up with really it's like the institution of the church uh you know, that's going to come and go in, in, in cultures, you know, um, like we saw in the, um, in the medieval church, sure. you know, uh, but the true church, you know, the individual hearts bounded together for one purpose that is, that will make it through every, like yep. you said, every challenge that it goes through in every culture and every civilization, it will continue to grow, Sure, you know? And that's why we're seeing it all around the world continue yeah. to grow throughout persecution. Yeah. You know, which is awesome. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. That was great. Man. Good. What else we got? Well, one thing I'd like to say, this, I guess this kind of goes, this goes back to, um, well, it, it touches on what we're talking about. So I think it's just a key thing that understanding that authoritarianism always breeds rebellion. You know, and so even though the church in the mid the Middle Ages, church, the institution, you know, the institution of the church church being the state, you know, they could have been good guys, 
you know, trying to do good stuff. But, you know, when like Charlemagne, you know, at the time, he comes in and he he makes a compulsory uh, tithe, you know. I didn't write it. <laughs> he makes and a compulsory tithe. For you. Yes. Um, it's it, it, that is where it, I got those it from, kind yeah. of those kind of things mm-hmm. tend to make people take a step back, mm-hmm. you know, and say, you know, it's just human it's nature. in the name of God. It's just human nature. Right. That he yeah. that he sure, did that. Sure. Right. But it becomes an authoritarian because, kind of yeah, thing. It's, you have to yeah, do this. You have to do it. Where yeah. uh, in the New Testament, Paul says about giving, um, let it be God loves a cheerful giver. So it's it, he literally says not out of compulsion. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't write it. Either. <laughs> Amen. But it was a good thing that was written. I like that. Yes, it was. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, good. We touched on a bunch of stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. This was a really, it's a, a great episode. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> they're easy to watch, too. They're 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we could do the questions at the that oh, sure. are at the end of the study guide. Sure. And we can, we'll see if we can understand them first and then give some sort of a thoughtful opinion on, <laughs> sure. on them. Don't ask all of them because they're too hard. All right. I'll ask you them one <laughs> at a time. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Just one big run-on sentence. With <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready? Number one, summarize the negative and positive aspects of church influence in the Middle Ages. Well, I I think we we kind of summarized that already. uh, Mostly negative. Yeah. Um, What about some positives? The positive was that the church itself, not the the institution around it, Mm -hmm. it, the church itself was still having an influence. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and you see it because, well, it was actually a hundred years after, after, uh, was it Aquinas that John Wycliffe, mm-hmm. you know, was like, well, hold on a minute, you know, so yep. that, that was still there, yep. you know, that people were still being led by the Holy Spirit. The work of God was still going on, yeah. you know, and the gospel was going out and, and I mean, we see it now. It's like one of those things where we don't know, you know, how, what people's, lives are going to be like when they're affected by by or or given the word of god you know people could could be saved they could be effective they could be bearing fruit you know mm-hmm. and then you know you have you could have a church full of people who aren't doing those things mm-hmm. you know so you don't know yeah. you know how much influence is going on right. so so there was that positive effect yeah. you know that that carried on and you saw it and i think part of that was I don't know when he was talking about the Gothic and the art and mm-hmm. that stuff after during Charlemagne's reign mm-hmm. that it, it, it seemed to improve, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed to get right. more like austere and like, well, the, and, the and well done, the passion and reverence was certainly there. Well, I wonder if that's what it is or if it was the, the humanistic influence where now, Oh, we're men, you know, mm-hmm. let's do things. We can, we can do things really great. You know, I wonder if it was the 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 understanding of the of uh, or reverence for God, or if it was more of that 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 thought of how good we are. Yeah. Let's let's raise the bar. Let's do better, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I wonder. It could if that's be probably what it was. probably a mix, like somewhere in the middle. Could be because you definitely can see the um, the passion for godly things still. Like if you look at like Michelangelo's. 
sure. um, painting. You know, it's like that. It's the, the it's incredible. Oh yeah. Um, and I believe that was in that time, right, or around that time period. Yeah, but to be able to put something together like that, it's like you had to have not just skill and talent and stuff, but a reason to write that. You know, sure. like to do that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so. But 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 how much of that reason was a a sincere desire to to do something great for to honor God or a desire to please the church to satisfy that that because at that at this time you know during the middle ages there was a lot of things that changed from that that personal relationship which, which yeah. we talked about and uh and that understanding that we have what we have because of Christ alone right then it started to shift towards okay. man being the works, center work and a works and, kind of based okay. thing. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it was that. Yeah. We can't know. Yeah. You know, but but I but it it does follow kind of the pattern. Yeah. You know, because right after that time, of course, we don't know when Michelangelo was. <laughs> Wait, I think I can look this. <laughs> we up. We can look this up, but uh, but I wonder how much was was sincere, and what. What do we got? Michelangelo? 14... 1400. 1400s to 1500s. So, yeah, he's oh, in so, that. So he would have been soon after. Yeah, yeah a little bit later, but... But, yeah, but still influenced by that, you know? Yeah. wasn't He wasn't that far gone uh, from that right. time, so... Yeah. But uh, but I don't know. It's just a thought, you know, because yeah. there is that aspect that could be part of it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he, he was doing it in his mind for God, you know, but in that time period when the traditions and getting away from scripture only and then like like you were saying about um trying to get to heaven based on your merit and the merit of other saints and things like that it's kind of intermingled with each other you working for god was you doing your yeah. very best now you you could you have know. been very sincere in that yeah right absolutely. right yeah, so and, the personally for sure yeah and i think people who um try to get to heaven by their good works and try to get gain favor with god for their good works i think they could even have the correct sure. motives they're trying to get in yeah, they're good not favor evil. with god they're yes. not evil they want to they're please medieval. god <laughs> <laughs> you set me up for that one um, <laughs> they are trying to please god but they're not going through christ right. or not only through christ and so they're really they're... bad discipleship Exactly. That's what that is. Yep, exactly. Well, and from not having Scripture as yep. your only authority. You know? Absolutely, man. So going, trying to go through other means. Man, we can get in such trouble that way. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. Man, we got the Word of God. It's so good. It, yeah. 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 The most... Uh, well, actually, I think that's another positive from the Middle Ages is... And he brought this up about how scholarship was encouraged yeah. in that time period. And a ton of, that's why they found. Well, that was Charlemagne too. That's why like they found things like Aristotle, sure. you know, and the older classics that have that had completely fallen out of um, importance, you know, but then to get that back and the importance of understanding kind of where we came from and stuff, you could see how that would, yes, it would give rise to philosophy and some bad ideas, but it would give people more, um, interest in understanding the world um and different um different views and stuff like that which then became too much for its own good i think and then that's why you need, we need to go back to scripture always got to go back to scripture but but it is important <clears throat> to have that scholarship too and a lot of that came even from copying the bible like copies of scripture that people were doing at that sure. time period you know so they they still had a love for books and texts and stuff 
which gave rise to how we have the Bible yeah. today, you yeah. know, or at least at least in part. So th- yeah. thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you want to give me number two? I'll see if I can. <laughs> sure. See if I can unravel this. Okay. This is in quotes. To speak of distortions of belief in the Middle Ages is to pretend that the church should have stood still when the apostles died. But we have to adapt to new circumstances and ideas. The medieval church did. Comment? There's no question mark after that. Did you? The medieval church did. Comment. You did comment? Comment? (laughs) Sure, I will. (laughs) All right, now here's how I understand that. Here's how I understand that question. All right, go for it. So there was uh, traditions after the apostles and Jesus, right, were writing and and the Bible and everything like that. Then for a thousand years later is when we have the Middle Ages. So should there be any growth in the way that we understand Scripture and in the way that um, we do our the practices that we do at church? Or should we stand still, essentially, is what he's saying? And just do everything the same way that it was back in the first century. Now, it seems like it would be an obvious, no, let's go back to what the apostles and stuff were doing. But there is a place for we should not um, disregard people who have came before us studying the scriptures and the apostles' um, teachings and coming to conclusions already. We don't have to reinvent the wheel and go only back to scripture without understanding how other people, not just interpreted scripture, but also the way that they had church, Sure, you know, um, was there valid reasons for that? So, yeah, maybe it's a little bit more work because now we have 2,000 years of church history that we have to look into. But I think it is important um, to see through history, especially church history, how did the church react to different circumstances? In what ways um, did they do what is right? I mean, you see today... We have how, however many different types of churches and stuff. Um, is that a good thing or not? The only way we can know how should we have church today um, is through Scripture, but also it's okay to see how other people had church then and see um, if that is what the early church was doing for a good reason or not. Um, but I'll give you an example doctrinally of something like the Trinity which we kind of take for granted today. I mean, we don't have to lay sure. the groundwork about like what Trinity, the word Trinity is not even in the Bible. So, but we don't have to um, like reinvent the wheel about God is three in one. He's three persons, one being. Um, God, uh, Jesus is God, but he's also human. How does that work? You know, um, we can go back to, especially the creeds of the early church, sure. you know, um, and uh, learn from it. And then go to scripture and be like, oh, this is where the early church got that from, you know. Um, I think that's so, such a, we've, we're so blessed to have so many great thinkers yeah, in the church absolutely. throughout church history. And so, um, yes, the goal is, of course, to have the apostolic example of the church still today. Um, but we have new circumstances today. We have new um, we're in a different context than they were then, so that's important. We use electric guitars in our church, you know, so it's like, obviously... No drums. Drums are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. 
I thought you were going to do that. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> the problem with that, King David yes, said, I know, I know. praise him with the loud symbols, the loud crashing symbols. What, what's the Hebrew? I didn't write it. <laughs> I, rest my, I rest my case. <laughs> um, probably some sort of symbols. That, that's my guess. <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean, symbols? Like... Drawings of something. You know the the baby lion and the Lion King. Yeah. Simba. <laughs> Simba. <laughs> That's dreadful. <laughs> These aren't even dad jokes. No. These are bad jokes. No. That was a simple one. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, gee. Now. Anyway, that was good. That's a good answer. But that was good. Finn. Are you finished? <laughs> are you finished? Sure. You can finish. I don't. I. I think I am. Well, well. One of the things, though, that I think um, goes back to that uh, idea, if I'm understanding it right, is that we have to. We have to also understand, like you're saying, this is a different culture. This is a different yeah. time. Uh, we have oh, different instruments. Those kind of right, things. Right. Right. But. Uh, but we have to. We have to retain what's important. Exactly. The there's a lot of stuff that isn't important. One of the things that that. Um, like, like even how we have church, you know, we have a pastor up front who Mm -hmm. preaches on Sunday. That's not how they did it, you know, but we do that because over the course of time, Mm -hmm. this is what it's, what's turned into. Well, we have to weigh that. Is this good or is this not good? You know, I mean, they had leaders and elders. They would have given the word. Yeah, would read, there probably would not um, have been only one single, you know, right, lead pastor sure, or sure. something. Like Paul says, uh, establish <clears throat> elders among sure. you, which we do have elders. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that is the reason that we try to set up we our try church. We try and establish it the way that, that yeah. we would have understood it to be. That they would have understood yeah, it. That they would have understood yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Try and set it up the way Paul had written to Timothy. And, and this is, you know. Mm-hmm. This is an elder. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know all that kind of stuff, but but that you know, but but it's important to retain what's important. You know, yeah, there yeah. are some things that just don't aren't See, important well, because to worry about. Doctrine never changes, right? So doctrine has to be a hundred percent from from scripture. If you can't find the do- a doctrine, a belief in God or Jesus or whatever it is, Christianity. If you can't find that in scripture, then disregard it. Sure. Period. But uh, when we're talking about practice, like electric guitar in church even when do we preach when do we take communion all sure. of those kind of things because scripture it does not yeah, say it's not, when. Clear, on that, it's not so. clear and it doesn't and it doesn't have to be we can take the um context of how they would have worshiped like king david using symbols right and apply that to our day today where we obviously can use drums and things like that make a joyful noise shout for joy things yeah. like that um so we're, we're taking how they would have done it then and applying it using modern yeah. techniques and stuff yeah. still. But stuff it's still, today. Sure. but the, the sense of what he meant back then is right. still what we're using. That should be really what is our right. driving and, principle. And that's a good point with the doctrine for sure, mm-hmm. you know, sticking with the doctrine. And, you know, we see that that doesn't happen with progressive church and those kind of things. Right, exactly. It's because the, they're saying, I guess, like this question is nothing's asking. Nothing's really important. That the, we should not pretend that the church should have stood still. Instead, it should be progressing and always learning. The problem is we don't have any new doctrinal sure. revelation to draw from, except for from Scripture. Um, and so, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, yeah. not yeah, <laughs> yeah, because well, 
that's for another time. That's another time. That's another discussion for sure. Yeah, cool. So I'm going to ask you this All right, last go one. for it. Yeah. Okay, number three. Apply the particulars-universals discussion to modern circumstances. How do people repeat the same mistakes nowadays? That's a question. Be specific. Not mm. a question. Apply the particulars-universals discussion to modern circumstances. So I guess it would be that we have our universals. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the, the fact that there is... Um, uh, there's, so what there's is that? What absolute truth, okay. you know, um, that God created all of it, mm -hmm. that it, it isn't, it isn't, um, uh, subjective, mm -hmm. you know, the, these are objective, um, truths that are, that are universal, you know? And then, so, gotcha. so it isn't just that there is, you know, your truth is my truth, you know, your truth is your truth. You mean? Yeah. Well, your, your truth, truth is Gertrude. <laughs> <laughs> With this, like, kind of um, uh, looking at looking at the individual particles, particulars, yeah, yeah. you know, of of uh, like the, just these little pieces that that don't really there there is no real objective uh, truth to it. There's mm -hmm. no there's nothing universal about it. Everybody has their own little piece. Truth fragmented. Yeah, it's all fragmented and. Uh, and so we see that all through our um, culture today, you know, and, and unfortunately through like, especially I guess in the West, the, the influenced a lot by the postmodernist mentality, uh, John Dewey uh, bringing the, that kind of humanist mm -hmm. idea into, into the, the culture that, uh, but, but again, like we see this all throughout history. You know, this, this humanistic idea, you know, but we, uh, we just see that and, and, and how it's come into the church too. We, we, we end up getting these, these conversations about, you know, homosexual pastors or, yep. you know, um, uh, even abortion, you know, people can, will try and back up abortion with, mm -hmm. with the Bible mm -hmm. and, you know, that it just doesn't, there is no real, um, objective truth mm -hmm. you know yeah. outside of the word of god and so that's how i would um that's how i would be specific yeah. with it yeah and usually when they're um trying to make a case for those things and you can see how it so clearly falls flat sure. on its face sure. um and that's why it's so important that we understand how we are to understand scripture yeah. and that we can understand it <clears throat> and come to a clear understanding of it so that it's not just, well, you have your truth about scripture and I have my own truth about scripture. So let's agree to disagree kind sure. of thing. It's like, no, no, no. Scripture is objectively true. And the only way that we can have this society that we're kind of talking about, um, that's, uh, based on these universal foundational truths is if we both understand that, we can come to an understanding of scripture. Otherwise, it is going to get, you're going to just um, postmodernize scripture yeah. and just say, well, you view this passage this way and I view it this way. And I'll just say, yeah, but I'll view it in God's way. Sure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I why? think I, because I didn't write it. <laughs> one of the things that, that I think is important, and, I, and I, I wonder if if it's something that the church does or you know, if I've observed it or if it's just a, a kind of a, an idea, 
you know, but I feel that we have to be careful to not, not separate the scripture verses from the truth that's underlying those verses. And what I mean is we can, we can have this kind of idea of the verse of the day Christianity Mm -hmm. to where it's, you know, that verse, oh, that verse is so good. And that, you know, it means something to me and that's, that's okay. It can mean something to you, but to, to take that away from the foundation of what it really means, Mm -hmm. you know, and the truth of it. So I'll give you an example. So, um, if I, if I say to you, well, you know, it's, it's wrong to commit adultery, you know, why, Mm -hmm. why is it wrong to commit adultery? You know, we have to, we should be able to explain that right, right. rather than say, well, God says it's wrong. Right. You know, and it's like, and, and not that, you know, uh, sometimes you can just say that. Sometimes you can it, say that. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's really for our own good to be able to think yeah. through that and say, why would this be bad? Right. Because God doesn't do anything for no reason. Right. You know, and you know, why is it wrong? Why, why is it wrong to lie, to bear false witness? Mm-hmm. Why should I honor my mother and father? You're like, you know, you go through these these key things in Scripture. You know, why not worry? You know? Yeah. Why not be anxious about stuff? You, you know, it's like, well, I have to be able to understand that. Mm-hmm. And the better I understand that, then the Scripture starts to make a lot more sense to me. Now I become a better person to disciple others into the yeah. kingdom and can walk them through. And I can bring them truths that are scriptural truths Mm -hmm. and i'm not just browbeating them with the scripture going now god says you have to do this you know it's like hey let's talk about this you know and i i oftentimes go back to where god's uh talking to isaiah this isn't talking to me i understand i know this the (laughs) context but i think that this scripture uh, like it it just God want, he said to Isaiah, let us reason together. Mm-hmm. So God's not opposed to reason. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's like, good reason let's, that. let's understand what this really means and why it means that. And, and so that we can, we can reason with other people yeah. and say, okay, this is why this makes sense for our, for our nation. This is why this makes sense for our culture. This is why it makes sense for our schools, mm-hmm. you know, like to bring those kind of things in, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, like I was talking to the the uh, one of the ladies tonight, Linda, um, that the like coming into like if I were to go get on a school board, and I were to say, um, yeah, like I wanna I wanna be on this school board. I'm a born again Christian. I wanna make this school like Bible based. I wanna you know we we, we gotta follow Jesus because it's the right thing to do. None of that's wrong. Am I getting on the school board? <laughs> no way. <laughs> but if I go in and I say, well, I'd really love to see the kids be honest. I'd like to see them work diligently. I'd mm-hmm. like to work towards those kind of things to, for them to honor their mother and father. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, to work towards, um, you know, to, to not, you know, cheat. Not, not cheat or steal and, and build that kind of character into the, into the culture of the school. Mm-hmm. What parent in their right mind is going to go, I don't want that for my kid. A few, but not many. Yes. <laughs> but but it's like that those are truths. 
Those are that's the reality at the basis of that scripture. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like the truth is the truth. And so I'm bringing Christian principles in Mm. and but I'm not denying Christ either. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody said, well, you know, what are you what are you bringing this stuff in? I'd be, you know, well, it's because of my Christian faith. Right. Exactly. You know, and uh, and but but we have to be able to do that. I'm not saying that that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, for every situation, but we should be able to understand mm-hmm. why those things are valuable. Those things are the foundation mm-hmm. of what a culture needs to be standing on, right? In order to survive. Yeah, so. that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. One thing I try to do, and sometimes it gets annoying, but when somebody brings up a verse, say in church, you know, and they'll just say <laughs> a random verse that sometimes will be a great word. We come, let us reason together. There you go. <laughs> 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 that's a perfect example i was going to use a different one but let's use that one so um yeah come let us reason together now my first aspect i'm usually i, I like critiquing things because i want to make sure that i'm on sure. solid ground sure. you know so my first You're thought judgmental yeah my first thought is usually like is that what that passage is really saying mm-hmm. so then it should drive me to not go up to that person and be like do you know what that verse means or whatever like no just for myself let me look at it look at the context and see if it makes sense with that or if somebody's taking out of out of context just trying to you know maybe hype up an emotional or yeah, maybe true. make themselves look better like a certain um, co- um compulsory pastor that i'm oh, sitting next to <laughs> if i ever do that you have to smack me <laughs> no you or at least no, tell me after that we have to have grace and also not be so like you said judgmental and i don't even mean that in a bad way um, it's good to examine everything sure. from scripture but sometimes to be able to be like look we're in a prayer meeting you know, the first thing here is not is what this person said, you know, contextually accurate with whatever the passage is. The, we're in a prayer service. We're supposed to be praying now. Maybe when I'm done, I can go and look up that passage. But um, to be able to, like we always say, like weigh everything in case-by-case basis, sure. you know. Uh, if we're talking about a doctrinal issue, it's like, well, let's go to Scripture and see if this is actually what this verse is saying or if you're just using it out of its context to try to prove a doctrinal point. But, um, you know, if we're in a worship service or whatever, some things I say from the stage, sometimes I'm like, Joel, that's not even what that verse is saying. <laughs> and I'll catch myself afterwards. But I'm like, but it was a really good time to that's say right. it. Most of the worship songs are like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very true in, in worship music. Yeah. yeah. That, um, it, it's like, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a verse from scripture, yeah. but it's completely taken out of the context of what and you know we have to be careful not to judge too hard that's what i that's what i mean you know and usually the principle at least is it's somewhere actually in scripture even if it's not in that right. passage you know i mean the whole goal is just to lift up the lord and to lift up the body and the brethren yeah. you know yeah. so if we can do that um that should be first and foremost our thing then if it's something that we need to check later then check it through scripture yeah so. i think we should be harsher judges on our own selves than, yeah. than we should on other yeah, people. Definitely. We should be be Starts really really questioning individual. how we understand things, yeah. without carrying that over to like looking down on someone else. Right. You know that's a right. That's a tough thing. Love builds up. Yeah. You know, knowledge puffs up. Yeah. And uh, you know, but, go back to what is it Romans fourteen I think, where uh, where Paul talks about you know who am I. Who, as who, he say, who are you to judge another man's servant? That's right. <clears throat> you know, and you know, and that that comes into play a lot with with things like that, mm-hmm. with worship or prayer. It's like 
listen, they're loving God. Yeah. You know, like you were talking about before, yeah. you know, that, that there is a sincerity with like yeah. Michelangelo. Right. And like, well, you know, he'll, the Lord will deal yep. with him. Exactly. You know? yep. And, uh, you know, there, of course there's something different if you're, if there's an authority aspect there or whatever, you know, right. but there's a right way to deal with all that stuff. And that's given to us in the scripture. Anyway, yeah. So. But I, I just know so many people, some, certain like YouTube channels that I'll go yeah. to and every single thing, like some pastor says or something, they're critiquing it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's I like, man, just give the guy a break yeah. and for yourself, make sure that you're like right on and stuff. But you can get into such a bad place because now everything that anybody says, somebody's praying and you're going, is this right? Is this right? It was the wrong word. Oh, I can't believe they used that word. Exactly. That's from the King James Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and now we're, we're really, then we really are judging in a bad way because now we're judging the person, you know, maybe they're not that theologically accurate or whatever, you know, and like you said, the Lord will take care of them. You know, if it's something that needs to be said, totally, it's totally fine to bring it up to them. But we shouldn't make it such a, um, the attitude can be a wrong attitude. Sure. You know, where everything we say, we're coming down And everybody's down at it. a different place. And then we, we can't even go before the throne and worship, really, and like enter in, like we say. We can't really do that because every time we're, we're constantly thinking, is this okay to say? Is this okay? Whatever. It's like, there's got to be some grace right. there, you know. Yeah, so. we'll look at what the what Jesus was talking about with the the rich man and the uh, or not the rich man the uh, uh, the tax collector and the and the Pharisee. Yeah, you know when they're praying. Right, right. You know, the 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 tax collector was thinking about him mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. The Pharisee was thinking about the tax collector. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't thinking about himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it was more focus on oh look how. Oh, I'm glad I'm not like exactly, him. Exactly. Where a tax collector's like, oh my goodness, yeah. you know, look how bad that I humility. Am. You know, and that's that's the key thing. Yeah. You know, to if be we can do rightly divide the word with humility, yeah. then we'll be on fire. That'd be so good, man. Yeah. Just really like nail it. Yeah, we should learn that someday. Just want to, yeah, <laughs> just walk in the way we're supposed to walk. Yeah. Really, with that really making it a point to understand what Paul was talking about when he was talking about love, what real love right. is, you yeah. know, what walking in the spirit really is, mm-hmm. um, what being, you know, bearing fruit of the spirit really is, you know, right. all those kind of things like those things are so key. Yeah. You know, um, it's giving thanks in all things, rejoicing always, yeah. praying right. always. Yeah. It's like, those are, that's the meat, right. you know, that's the meat there. And it always comes back to the key things, trust or, or honesty and humility. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I think are the key. You know, mm-hmm. um, if we're humble, if we're if we're humble, we're honest. Mm-hmm. It's like they work together. Right. They can't, you almost can't separate them. You know, because if, if you're honest, you're humble. You, you yeah. Know? So but that's the place to be. Mm-hmm. We can get to that place while we're reading scripture, while we're praying. While we're hearing a message, you know, it's like and while we're encouraging someone, yep. you know, we can be do everything in, to the edification of, of others. You know, it's like, man, we can be strong. And that's solid Christianity, baby. While still being a human being. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is Christianity. I love it. So good. I think we're all caught up. I think so. Yeah, this was good. This Part was, two uh, in the books. Francis Schaefer is fantastic. Um, he's got a bunch of books out, too. So. I would encourage you if he's uh, one of his books that I have, and I, I read it. It's a, a pretty quick read. 
It was good. Uh, it's called the Christian Manifesto. Mm -hmm. You can actually see a video of Christian Manifesto on YouTube. If you look it up, Francis Schaefer, Christian Manifesto, you'll be able to find it. Mm -hmm. And it's spot on. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, so we really appreciate you guys watching or listening on whatever you watch it on uh, Freedom Church NJ or listen yeah. to any of the, the listen on any of the podcast apps. There you go. Yes. Um, Freedom Church NJ. So, yeah, watch the link, comment, um, give us a thumbs up mm -hmm. if you like it. If you don't, give us a thumbs down. That's cool, too. Yeah, you know? If you don't give us a thumbs down, that's cool, too. Well, that's cool, too. Okay. Yes. Um, but uh, that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> late <laughs> if you don't give us a thumbs down that's cool <laughs> i put a comma in there oh uh, you didn't right, hear the comma right. um but uh but yeah definitely um and if you can make it out you know at 7 30 mm -hmm. uh freedom church Fridays. you know friday nights come out and um and then definitely give us some some things that you may want to uh, hear from us. Yeah. You want to hear us address at Counterculture? We would, we love that. Actually, yeah. we're super excited about doing that. Again, thank you, Catherine, for for mm -hmm. the comment and uh, and for giving us some some yeah, some, some topics topic that you wanna you want us to address. Mm -hmm. We're definitely going to be doing that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, always good to hear from people. So we'll see uh, you back here next week. Yeah, man, Lord willing. Counterculture catch up. Yeah, yeah, next week is next. Isn't that Thanksgiving weekend? No. Two weeks. Dang. Yeah? Next week is good. Okay. Next week, then. Next week it is. Amen. Part three. Yeah. All right. Um, and remember. There you go. I was like, this is, how you, <laughs> this is how you end this. Yes. Remember, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. That's right. So let's go out and change this world. Amen. Amen. <laughs>